0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt, I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. One of the things you have to learn about in your community dental health class is program planning. You have to understand the process, the different stages, and how that all comes together. And there's a lot of questions on your board exams that have to do with program planning. So I'm going to try to condense it into one podcast episode. There's the assessment stage, the planning stage, the implementation stage, and the evaluation stage. This is pretty much the blueprint of program planning. And what I want you to do when I'm talking about program planning is related to the ADPI model that you already understand and have implemented in the clinical setting with patient care. So think about it. With the individual patient in the clinical setting, you're doing an assessment, right? Which is your data gathering. You create a care plan on the treatment that your patient needs based on the assessment and the diagnosis. You then implement the care plan, right? And then you evaluate the effectiveness. Just like using the ADPi model in the clinical setting with a single patient, program planning works much the same way, only now instead of talking about one patient, you're talking about an entire population or a group of individuals. And that's what we'll talk about in this episode. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying. Just like with patient care, you're only as good as your assessment. If you don't do a proper thorough assessment, then your diagnosis and your implementation isn't going to go well. When you are putting together a program or you're trying to do program planning, Excellent assessment is key. You wanna identify who the partners should be. Determine what your goals are. Figure out where your resources are going to come from and what you currently have. You're going to collect some data and organize and analyze the data so that you can figure out your needs assessment for planning. Evaluate that needs assessment and self-reflect for change so that before you even get started, on moving into the diagnosis part of program planning, you actually know exactly what your needs are. So defining the stakeholders is your first part in the assessment. Who are your community partners who have a vested interest in a program or have the potential to be impacted by your program? Powerful impact is a must and that must be taken into account when you are planning. Key stakeholders can be gained or lost through the outcomes of the program. Program planning assessments may include things like associations, individuals who want to collaborate or form a partnership, or agencies. Consider the following things on your program. The purpose, who the potential partners would be, what your resources are, and alternatives for conducting a community oral health assessment. What are your options? Some examples of partners and committee members might be program managers, leaders in business, some other healthcare providers, social workers, religious or civic leaders, some community or political realms, perhaps social workers or educators. It's important for you to know as a student what an advisory board is. An advisory board is a committee that provides non-binding strategic advice to the management of a corporation, an organization, or a foundation. It's pretty informal in nature, and it gives greater flexibility on its structure and how it's managed. It doesn't have authority to vote on corporate matters or bears legal responsibilities associated with the program plan, but it benefits from the knowledge of others without the expense or formality. Now, coalition is a type of collaboration or an alliance of multiple groups and individuals whose combined actions Aim to accomplish a specific goal. Some examples of this would be the public health program. And the members within a coalition might be people from government, within the community, some people in education, some health care clinicians, maybe public providers, third-party policymakers, and people from higher education and K-12. Now, community involvement and program self-assessment is really a crucial step in identifying the oral health concerns and planning actions that are needed in order to resolve an oral health problem that you determine has a need. So when you're conducting that self-assessment, think about when you're working with just one patient in the clinical laboratory. So when you are conducting a self-assessment in a community-based program plan, you're doing a self or internal assessment to evaluate you're forming an organization and considering the individuals and the group roles. These individuals might be key players in helping you determine your goals, objectives, and what resources are available. It's really worthwhile to conduct an internal or self-assessment during the initiation phase of a program being developed. After you've done that internal assessment, you can conduct an external assessment by exploring the missions and roles of other organizations in the community. These are your stakeholders. And when you consider the organizational capacity, the power structures, the strategic plans, the commitment, and the resources that are available, it may change the design of your program. So once you've identified your assets, some of the gaps that exist, some of the needs that are present, some of the problems that are there, the resources that you have, some of the solutions that you've come up with and you've developed partnerships within the context of the community, now you can put the plan together. The findings that come out of your assessment lead to your goals, your objectives, your plans, your policy development, your interventions, whatever program you've decided you want to create to solve an oral health problem. And this is now when you can consider things like grant funding. Think about how you will collect your data for sources and support. So primary data or new data can be collected specifically for use in your program. And secondary data is the stuff that's already there, that's available for you, that's common knowledge, that's widespread. And you can use that data to support your efforts. For efficiency, it might be best to look at what data already exists out there. This will help save you money and establish some flexibility as you get started. So you're going to collect your data. You're going to collect the qualitative data, which is your subjective data collection. Helps answer your why and how of your program. And the pros of this is that lifestyle observations may predict behavior patterns among your populations or your targets. The cons of qualitative data is that it's time consuming. It may have some bias, and it may have limited use. Now quantitative data is your objective data collection. This is the factual stuff, the numerical evaluations, lots of statistics, right? The pros of this is that it's easily understood because numbers are easier to understand, facts are collected, there's not as much bias involved. The cons with quantitative data is that it often has large samples, large numbers of corresponding connections and it costs quite a bit of money. Okay, so you've collected your data, you've completed your assessment. Now what are you going to do? Ask yourself, what does measurement mean? What kind of things are we measuring? What should we measure in our populations? What do I want to know about my target population for planning and supporting a program? You have to answer that question in order to know what data you're going to collect. Now we use things like dental indices to help Collect data about populations. There's different types of dental indices. We have simple versus cumulative. Now, a simple dental index measures the presence or absence of a condition. An example of this would be the plaque index. A cumulative index measures all past and present evidence. An example of this would be the DMFT index. Indices may assess a condition that is reversible or irreversible, or a combination of the two. So you have to know that there are two classifications of indices. There's reversible and irreversible. A reversible index would measure a condition that can be reversed, something like gingivitis. An irreversible index measures something that's a cumulative condition that can't be reversed, something like dental caries or fluorosis. Which dental index you use is determined by the type of condition that you are assessing, and it's specific to the information of interest or the needs of the patient. Sometimes the age of the target population being studied might point you in the direction of which index you'll need to use or what the purpose of the assessment is. After you've determined what index you use and you've gathered the data, you'll have to synthesize the information and summarize your findings. Analyzing the data helps us identify things like facilities, manpower, existing resources, funding, population's dental needs, utilization of services, And the demands of the population. There could be potential errors made in collecting, recording, and analyzing the data. So you want to have a standardization and calibration among those that are recording and compiling the information so that you're more accurate in collecting your data. So after you cross-reference your data and you determine it to be reasonably free of errors, you want to compare the data with other data. Compare baseline sources such as the Healthy People objectives. Analyze your data for new trends. Maybe there's something new going on in the population or there's a change that has occurred. Compare it to surrounding communities, other countries, the region, the state, or nationwide. Study the data for possible misleading findings and this helps you identify errors before making a conclusion and starting the program. So some takeaway points in the assessment is to identify the group which are the targets of concern or your focus. Remember, data drives the program. You need statistics to support your efforts, your energy, your why, and your what. And it's important to consider that there are some barriers that exist when you're trying to gather that data, the age of your population. There might be language barriers, cultural barriers, financial barriers. There might be denial, attitudes, transportation issues, dental literacy, health literacy, IQ, different values among populations. These are all things that have to be considered when you're doing an assessment. So the basic steps in the planning process, identify the primary issue, set the priorities for your assessment, develop a mission statement, develop two to three main program goals, a measurable process and outcome objectives in order to assess the process in addressing the health issue. Select a plan to help achieve your objective. Implement your intervention. Example, provide an oral cancer screening to 200 nursing homes. Identify the available resources. Consider what the problems and constraints are, what the barriers are. Develop a plan or a strategy Perform an internal assessment and an evaluation in your planning stage, and then map out a timeline for developing and implementing your plan. It's important to understand the difference between a goal and an objective. A goal is a broad-based statement of the change that you desire based on the priorities. An objective or an outcome is specific. It's measurable. It's attainable. It's realistic and it's time bound it's called a smarty objective now reflective of consumer needs goals will come out of the assessment and through a group consensus of partnering organizations the partners involved in the program must recognize why the community is conducting an assessment and what the community hopes to achieve from it. Now, the objectives or the outcomes are the activities undertaken to achieve the goals of the assessment. They may be altered and refined continuously throughout the effort of the program. The importance of goals and objectives is to evaluate the interventions based on the mission goals and objectives. They're embedded into the basic planning cycle. It's a framework for community oral health improvement processes thus assurance and assessment for improvement. It's good to have a work plan or an outline for your program, which is a short description of the project goals and outcomes. A list of the participants and the organizations and what their roles and responsibilities are. A list of all the equipment, supplies, and facilities that will be used to implement this program and the specific tasks with indications of which tasks are dependent upon the completion of other tasks. You also want to have a schedule of the tasks start and completion times, as well as budget and record keeping. You want to have an outline in specific detail of how a project will be conducted, who will work on what, and when and who is accountable in order to accomplish the program goals. When you are implementing your program, you're putting that plan into action you actually begin the program operation. You can revise and make changes once they are identified, which sometimes you don't know until you've hit the action step. You'll identify the workforce and operations management, follow the framework of steps that you've created in your outline, and refer to the work plan report. Document all your data and information collected throughout the implementation phase. You have to remember that when you are documenting your data, it provides useful information and it allows you to make decisions for future programs or changes that need to occur. An effective community program plan is designed to meet the needs of the community. It's based on sufficient community resources. It's cost effective. It targets an identified need within a population. It's accepted by the community. And it is sustainable over time. Program planning is an intricate and critical part of community dental health. Community participation is crucial in order to have an effective program that's planned out and implemented. You have to take into account the determinants of oral health as a systematized approach for addressing a community issue, a condition, or a disease. When you are starting a program plan process, start with a vision when planning, There's an idea, a vision, where you or the group wants to go. You have lots of support behind you when you are going through the process of planning a program. The CDC has developed infrastructure developmental tools on the how-to guides for planning and implementing assessments. And this uses logic models for guidance to help you through the process. Where to begin with community dental health program planning? Start where the people are. Use community values and concerns. What are people concerned about? Think about the health promotion models that you've learned about in your community dental health coursework. Can you name a few of the models? Think about the health belief model or the behavior change model, the transtheoretical model. All of these different models are designed to help you be better at putting a program together. What works best for specific populations? What works best for specific settings? How much will it cost? When we're talking about public health, you have to factor in the cost. Who will benefit from this program? And how much of an impact will we have on the overall health of the members of the community that are involved in this program? How is the intervention accepted by the population? You can put together a program, but if nobody is utilizing it, then you will not have an impact. These are the things that you need to consider when you're talking. In review, when you are talking about program planning, use what you already know and are familiar with with patient care. So the four steps, assess, plan, implement, and evaluate for changes that are needed. The assessment takes the longest, just like with patient care. You do a long assessment so that you can collect all your data so that you put the accurate treatment plan together. So with a program plan, same thing. There's a lot of people and steps involved in the assessment phase, data collection phase, so that you can put the right program together for your community. You see how you're using everything that you already know about patient care. After you've put your plan together for your community, you implement the plan. Those are your program operations. That's the actual action that you're taking for that plan. And then you continuously evaluate that program to make sure that it's working. Just like with patient care, where you're continually evaluating to make sure that you are arresting or preventing disease, with the program plan, you are evaluating to make sure that you are meeting and achieving your goals. And you make adjustments as necessary based on what you discover during that evaluation stage. So assess, plan, implement, evaluate there's program planning in a nutshell. I hope this brief review of program planning was helpful for you. There's a lot involved in program planning and there's lots of case studies on your board exams that cover program planning for the dental hygienist, especially in the community health section of your board exams. If you need additional study sheets or help with program planning, You can click on the link in the show notes because I have created some for you. I hope this helps you. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.